Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good Monday morning. It's the eighth day in March. Australian shares are leading the way this morning following a roller coaster ride on Wall Street on Friday. Sydney is currently trading up by more than one and a half percent. Tokyo is making strong gains as well. Stocks in Seoul relatively flat. Oil prices, meanwhile, are surging. Why? Well, we're going to look at that question a little closer. Stay with me. Joining me now to break down all the action is Ryan Huang. How is a long break for you? Oh, it's awesome. Happy International Women's Day, Michelle. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, indeed. A day to celebrate women. And coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, I've got a female investor really blazing the way when it comes to healthcare investments. In the meantime, let's start this morning in Saudi Arabia, where one of the most protected crude facilities in the world, the Ras Tanura Export Terminal, came under missile attack on Sunday. The drone attack sent the price of Brent crude above 70 US dollars a barrel for the first time in more than a year and a half. So Ryan, do we know who was behind the attack and if the storage facilities appear to be safe now? That's right. So oil in focus again. And of course, uh, we had OPEC Plus action last week. And this time, it's attacks on one of the key oil terminals in Saudi Arabia. So like you pointed out, it is a major terminal, the Rastanura terminal, and it accounts for nearly 7% of global production. So that is a big site. And the good news is, despite the missiles and the drone attacks, mm-hmm. and this apparently by the Yemen Houthi rebels, they managed to intercept the missiles at, um, going for the oil terminal. So no apparent damage or output production affected yet. So that is going to be something to be closely watched. And this is just worth noting. It's just a few kilometers away from the attacks two years ago when a similar attack put nearly half of the production in Saudi Arabia offline. So a bit of a close shave, but nothing affected yet, so to speak. And looking at the oil prices, like you pointed out, they have been moving up since the OPEC Plus surprise decision last week and now approaching near two-year highs. Brand crude at around $70.80 right now. So WTI also up by around 2% and it's now at $67.50 per barrel. All right. The attacks are the most serious against Saudi oil installations since a key processing facility and two fields came under fire back in September 2019. Now, the most recent attack also comes just a few days after OPEC Plus made a surprise announcement to keep production cutbacks in place. That decision had already led to many analysts to predict a sharp rise in oil prices. So what is the latest now? Yeah, it looks like OPEC Plus is giving prices, a bit of a flaw, and that is with the cutbacks being rolled over for another month, and we are talking about Saudi Arabia's $1 million million barrels per day Mm. um, being continued for another month. So that has been lifting prices, and what's worth noting as well, state oil producer Saudi Aramco is also hiking prices when they sell it to some of the Asian markets. So it is pricing its Arab light crude $1.40 above the benchmark. So it's a price hike of around 40 cents. So it's not just rolling back on or rolling over the production cuts. It's also hiking prices. So it's a bit optimistic on the demand situation that they say is improving. And this all paints a outlook for the economy that they think is going to be brighter. 
Just to put some of these price fluctuations in perspective for you, 11 months ago, the price of a barrel of Brent fell as low as 15 US dollars a barrel. But these recent price rises to the $70 level are still a long way from the 100 plus US dollars that Brent was selling at from 2011 to 2014. In other news, the U.S. Congress took a step closer to passing the Biden administration's 1.9 trillion U.S. dollar stimulus package. The U.S. Senate voting in favor of the bill along party lines over the weekend after first making a couple of modifications. So the bill now goes back to the U.S. House of Representatives for its approval. So how are the futures market reacting to the news, Ryan? Yes, stimulus, not just for the economy, it's also stimulating the stock market. And going by the futures, I'm looking at it in the green. And the Dow is up by 0.5% for the futures. S&P 500 is up by 0.4%. And NASDAQ Composite right now, pretty much flat for the futures. Uh, going by the opening numbers for Asia, we are already seeing a bit of a lift in the opening action. Mm. So this would be something to be looking for, especially when you think about how the stimulus will be lifting businesses, also, worth noting, there was a bit of drama in bond yields in recent weeks. So with more stimulus and more spending, this now raises expectations that we might get more inflation. So it could be another dramatic week. Oh, the inflation word rearing its head again. U.S. shares had a wild ride on Friday prior to the approval of the stimulus package in the U.S. Senate. Blue chips roared back after experiencing an early sell-off. Uh, the Dow had a 700-point-plus swing before closing up nearly 2%. A couple of factors to examine here, Ryan. A uh, couple first bond markets, which we've been tracking closely, as you mentioned, over this past couple of months. Bond yields have been rising. And on Friday, we saw the yield on the 10-year note hitting a fresh high for the year. So what is the latest here? Yeah, so it seems to be stabilizing Mm. somewhat. The latest levels for the 10-year bonds is at around 1.58%, not just moving slightly up by 1.59%. So that is the latest. We have a bit of stabilization, but of course, uh, it's still early days and early hours, so something to track in the coming days. Also worth noting, we could see a bit of fluctuation when we have the bond auctions coming online in the middle of the week. And this is around the 10-year bond auctions on Wednesday. That is to the tune of $38 billion. We will also be seeing a 30-year bond auction for $24 billion worth of bonds. Mm. And you might remember not too long ago, we had a 7-year bond auction that didn't attract a lot of interest and demand. And after that event, it spiked a bit of a... Well, created a bit of a fresh flash spike for bond yields. So if that happens again... It could be no history repeating again. So rising bond yields led to an early sell-off, but then what changed investors' minds and fueled the rally? Okay, so there wasn't a lot of interest. So that means prices stayed low. So that means yields went up. So that is the equation we are looking at. And right now, with expectations of inflation going up, that could also erode the attractiveness of the interest payments that the bonds pay out. So it's not too much value if you're holding on to something that's paying out less than the rate of inflation. Also, the rate of borrowing will likely go up with inflation and in turn rates going up. So that will mean a bigger rotation perhaps for away from technology into the pandemic beneficiaries in terms of the recovery picture. So we could see energy and financials continuing to gain. And just a quick look at how they've been doing. Energy is actually up as a sector more than 10% so far this um, week, in the last week. 
and financials were up 4.3% last week. Also, um, the Labour Department reported that non-farm payrolls jumped by 379,000 for the month, unemployment rate falling to 6.2%, better than expected. So the stronger than expected US job numbers fueling the rally. Uh, the Senate's passage of the stimulus bill over the weekend also adding to bullish sentiment. What else should investors look out for in the week ahead? Yeah, if you look at the jobs numbers, it was a blowout. It came in at 379,000 for February. So blowing away the consensus forecast of 210,000. The unemployment rate was 6.2%, beating forecast of 6.3%. So all in, it really is showing a very strong sign that the economy may be picking up. And to a certain extent, people are starting to ask as well, do we actually need the stimulus if the economy is picking up so well? So that is another question thrown into the mix of what investors need to figure out. And if you look at the week ahead, mm-hmm. um, well, you do have a couple of things to look out for. A um, couple of IPOs, we'll get to them later. Coupang is going to be on the pipeline. And also coming up this week, you have results from Johnny Matheson. They'll be back home to look out for. And if you look out for what's happening in the US, we do have some inflations coming up for consumer price index numbers. So that will be another potential mover for bond use and of course the markets. All right. There's several companies making headlines this morning, Monday, the 8th of March. I'm Michelle Martin. He's Ryan Huang chatting with you this morning. Uh, several companies in the headlines. So we're going to do this headline style where I name a company and Ryan tells us why it's making the news. Let's start with Jardine Matheson, which has announced a plan this morning to simplify its corporate structure. The conglomerate is going to buy 15% of Jardine's strategic holdings that it does not already own in a deal valued at about 5.5 billion US dollars. So Ryan, what does this mean for shareholders? Well, it's going to be good news for shareholders of Jardine Strategic, especially because um, Jardine Matheson is buying out the shares at $33 per share. And going by the last closing price, that is a 20% premium. And if I look at what's happening in the opening market action, it's already up by more than 30 uh, more than 20% if you look at Jardine Strategic's um, latest stock price. So going back to the rationale of this entire buyout. So right now, Jardine Matheson, Jardine Strategic and many of the subsidiaries in the Jardine Group, they have a bit of cross-holding structure. And this was a result of many, many, many years of pr- pretty much buying each other's shares through share purchases, share buybacks as a form of stabilizing their shares and as a form of, um, well, actually started as actually a minority, um, a position of minority shareholding. And then they started to build it up over many years until it's at a level now where you have Jardine Medicine now owning 84.9% of Jardine Strategic and Jardine Strategic owns Jardine Medicine in the, to the level of 59.3%. So with the latest buyout, this cross-holding structure will be cancelled out and Jardine Medicine will be more cleanly holding on to Jardine Strategic. So that means it will be more transparency in terms of the ownership and in terms of uh, what happens to dividends. We can expect more earnings per share for Jardine Matheson stockholders. So that is one plus. And that is uh, something that will be interesting to watch because um, this is a big heavyweight on the STI. And we could see... Um, some changes to the SEI in quarters to come based on what happens next. 
keep a lookout on Jardine Matheson and Jardine Strategic Holding Share Prices today. Microsoft Next. The attack on Microsoft's business and email software has affected at least 60,000 users. They are now scrambling to secure their computer systems, aren't they? They are, and this is a bit of a headache for um, the likes of uh, Microsoft because going by the reports that we've been getting, there are nearly 60,000 victims of this, and one of them is the European Banking Authority, so a big name. And what's also interesting is Microsoft is pointing the finger at a Chinese government-backed hacking group. Mm -hmm. So this is right now a race. Microsoft and many of the victims are trying to patch up the security hole while the hackers try to infect as many people as possible before they patch the floor. So right now it's uh, something that could turn into an even bigger security crisis if things don't get under control. Hafnium, right? That's a Chinese hacking group that's turning into a global security crisis risk factor. Let's turn next to Twitter. Twitter's CEO is offering to auction off the world's first tweet. Now, I'm just wondering, why would somebody pay millions of dollars for a tweet when I can read it online for free? (laughs) Oh, that is an interesting (laughs) question. So you do have interesting things happening in the world and what we have here is Jack Dorsey putting up for sale his first ever tweet where he said I'm just setting up Twitter so that attracted a bid of 2.5 million dollars well not small change so it's all down to what's called a non-fungible token and this is really an evolution of what's happening in the cryptocurrency space if you think about the normal way of how you live your life. You've got things like houses, you know, physical things you can buy and sell. So now you can actually sell things that are digital. And this includes the likes of, in this a case, tweet. a tweet. <laughs> in some cases, a song. In some cases, a color. So the property rights or the digital rights can be sold as well. So that really allows the monetization of what's happening in the cryptocurrency space and the digital space. So this will then create even more possibilities and down the road, maybe collateral they can use to get a loan if you have a digital asset, digital art, GIFs, JPEGs. So the list goes on. So this is a, well, advocates at least are saying this is the start of a huge phenomenon because it is creating something yet, something that people don't really have a clear idea what could happen down the road. For example, when the internet was created, we couldn't see all the apps that were going to come online. So this is where they say, no, this is a similar fashion that will be sparking a huge revolution. So, well, depending on which camp you are in. So $2.5 million for Jack Dorsey's tweet is uh, not going to be... Um, do you have some non-fungible tokens, do you think, that you can hawk on this market? I am going to start <laughs> listing down the things I can sell. Do you want to buy something, Michelle? I could give you something for uh, no say a cool deal. Uh, $2. Well, I don't know. You might want to get in touch with Sina Estevi, CEO of Bridge Oracle. He has bought uh, the non-fungible tweet from Jack Dorsey offering his very first tweet for $2.5 million. That was the highest offer as of Saturday afternoon. All right, next, let's move to the South Korean e-commerce giant, Kupang. So Kupang is one of the things to watch out for this week. They will be going for an IPO on the New York Stock Exchange on Wednesday. And this is big because it is a... Well, South Korea's largest e-commerce company, and it's going to be offering its shares at around $27 to $30 per share. So mm. we are waiting on the share pricing. So it could attract 
or value its company or attract uh, raise up to $3.4 billion in its IPO. And it will be possibly the largest Asian company listed on the New York Stock Exchange for quite some time. So this is also good news for the CEO of SoftBank, Masayoshi Sun, because his vision fund is the largest shareholder at around 35%. So he's going to rake in huge money if he gets a successful IPO. All right, let's turn to the crypto world. How's Ethereum doing in the news? Ethereum is in the news, not just because its prices are going up, and Mm. it is actually up by quite a lot, 560% in the past year. Bitcoin is up in comparison by 430%. And Ethereum in the news because a big change is coming to Ethereum's fundamentals. There is a proposal that will now pretty much see Ethereum being destroyed, some Ethereum being destroyed whenever a transaction takes place. So when the supply goes down, you can expect the prices to go up. So that is the game-changing fundamental that could be coming to Ethereum in the coming days. Ethereum prices rose 5% on Friday and they've nearly tripled over the past three months. Back here at home, the latest retail numbers show a drop in sales in January, down 6% as compared with a year earlier. Still, economists do say there are signs of rising demand that they are noting. Ryan, is this a case of the glass being half empty, half full? Yeah, it's a case of numbers. Depends how you read it, right? 6.1% down, well, if you compare it to what happened last year, we had a lot of COVID-19 um, damage, um, so to speak. And this was, of course, versus 3.3% last year. And last year, you also had Lunar New Year being celebrated in January. So a bit of base effect as well. And of course, the tourism numbers really came down from January onwards. We had a circuit breaker from March, April, May onwards. Mm. That had an impact on the retail sales, which has not recovered yet. So that is something that will be expected to stay subdued in the coming months, at least in the first half of this year. So at least if you look at the sequential numbers, Mm -hmm. there is a bit of hope that things are on demand. So it depends on how you look at the numbers. All right, let's take a closer look at the STI check-in on local stocks. The Straits Times Index finished a notch lower on Friday, but it's still choked up again of more than 2% for the week. So, Ryan, how is the STI starting off this Monday morning? Yeah, quick look at STI, and I am going to actually zoom in on the index. STI is up 1.7%, now 3,065. So very close to touching its one-year high. And you have right now, right at the top of the STI table, the one to watch out for is Jardine Strategic. It's in the green right now by around 19% at $32.89. So that is just slightly off the $33 that Jardine Matheson is offering. And if you look at Jardine Matheson, that is up by 7% at $57.51. So that is the picture we have. And also worth noting, all three banks are up. DBS leading the way by 2% at 2829. OCBC up by 1% at 1162. And looking at UOB right now, we have UOB on the winner's table as well by 0.9%, 2569. So 
all three banks near their 52-week highs. Stay with me right here on Your Money. Thanks very much, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.